Welcome back. You're watching Stock Picks, and today we unpack Lockheed Martin, Thales, and Rainmetal, and that's with Aquaba Sportheater from Southern Cross Capital. Aquaba, uh, good afternoon to you. Thank you for your time. Good afternoon, Lalatandi. Thanks for having me. All right, Quervis, these are war hedges. Uh, of course, uh, you and I spoke off air about having a bit of a moral dilemma about the sector, but it's still a market, it's still a sector uh, nonetheless. So let's talk a little bit about it before we get into the individual counters. Okay, absolutely. <laughs> let's talk so, about the uh, <laughs> Yes, yes. Um, like you've mentioned, you know, a bit of a moral quandary mm -hmm. whether or not to uh, invest it, but I like the way you put it. It is a market. This is part of the market. It's something we need to discuss. So uh, our fund got into these stocks um, in the run-up to the Ukraine war. They were all reasonably priced. Um, and uh, beyond just buying energy and oil as a hedge against the potential, uh, you know, potential eventuality as we were building towards this, this, this potential catastrophic outcome of a Russian invasion of Ukraine, um, we thought, you know, which companies would benefit because uh, the last time we had something as severe as the stock markets just completely collapsed, and we took on some of these some of these trades as as hedges, um, and uh, uh, it's been interesting to see that play out. And now again, with what's happening between Israel and Hamas, um, the uh, 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 these companies have once again come to the fore and, of course, performed reasonably well given uh, given the background given. Uh, given the nature of their business. So uh, um, we can chat about them. They are interesting stocks. They are fascinating. They are all well-diversified, multinational conglomerates, very, very intertwined and, of course, subject to uh, uh, to government as, as clientele, but uh, really interesting businesses. The first one is Lockheed Martin. That's the big boy. Um, they do aerospace. They do space. They do missiles. They do all weapon systems you can potentially imagine, reasonably priced um, at the moment, and uh, one of those really long, long-term holds in, in a portfolio. Uh, they take on projects that have multiple decade lifetimes, and the major reason to buy into them at the moment is, of course, the F-35 program, which is expanding at a rate of knots, given the build-up in the, what's the so-called new Cold War what's happening in Europe and even now what's happening in the Middle East. And on top of that, we've got NGAD, uh, the next generation air dominance uh, platform, which Lockheed, which is a new project, call it the next generation of, uh, of aircraft, which Lockheed is expected to win, in addition to all of the other systems. It's a massive, it's a, a, a massive business and particularly well positioned given that we expect both the NATO governments and others to increase defense spending as a percentage of their overall spend in the coming decades, given the sort of shifting um, geopolitical situation globally and these east versus west rivalries, which we've seen um, build up over the last 12 months in particular. The next one is uh, uh, perhaps even more controversial, French conglomerate uh, Thales. Um, <laughs> Uh, Co-accused uh, co in the J in the Jacob Zuma corruption trial, uh, one of the major European players, 
Uh, we got into that specifically because of the exposure to the, uh, the man portable systems. Uh, we thought that uh, in all likelihood, Ukraine, Ukraine would be overwhelmed and we would have to move to uh, an insurgency type situation. But it's actually become far more complex than that. These guys um, deliver inputs into into all of the major weapon systems. They are experts in missiles. They are experts in radar. And, uh, um, of course, the increased spending across the European continent has been quite positive for them. They are also major suppliers to Israel. And we've seen the share price uh react appropriately, reasonably priced, decent dividend yield, and quite a solid one to have in your portfolio. Um, the final one uh, to chat about uh, today is, is Ryan Metal. That's uh, more of a traditional play, automotive, automotive and defense business. I must say that also all of these businesses have, have serious applications in the um, in the civilian sector as well, but of course, the significant growth we're seeing at the moment is all in, is all in, is all in defence. Um, these guys are the world's number one maker of um, cannons and guns. Um, you will look at any of the uh, litany of uh, uh, tanks that is being sent to um, sent to Ukraine at the moment, and whether you're talking Leopard, whether you're talking uh, Centurion, whether you are talking Abrams, that turret that cannon is made by Ryan Mattel. They also are one of the major producers of artillery shells and that is part of the reason, again simple, but market leading, that they have been doing so well. They have a JV with Denel locally where they own 51% of Ryan Mattel Denel and uh, I always find it amusing when uh, we are accused of uh, supporting Russia um, in the conflict, mm -hmm. when uh, we are one of the major producers in conjunction with Ryan Mattel of 155 millimeter NATO shells, which we sell on to our European partners um, after manufacturing them locally. And I promise you, they don't even hit the shores before being shipped to Ukraine. Um, and, and the assistance of that country. So Ryan Mattel has also been a major beneficiary and another major partner of, of Israel and another beneficiary of this rather difficult rearmament process um, that the West is going through um, in reaction to, call it the, uh, uh, the perceived heightened risk of, uh, uh, of, of more global conflict. I mean, what is interesting here, uh, you know, with all three companies is how they're looking at their future. For instance, if I look at Lockheed Martin, they've got a backlog of uh, more than $150 billion. Um, if I look at... Uh, Less, if I say that correctly, they're looking to recruit 12,000 new workers. What this tells me is an industry uh, that is even bullish on itself um, and is anticipating that over the next few years, uh, you know, there will be a reason for expansion. Yes, yes. I mean, uh, we've, we saw the sort of knee-jerk reaction um, post-Ukraine post that... Um, a lot of these governments that have been sitting way under their, um, their NATO commitments, again, NATO, NATO countries are obliged to spend in excess of 2% of GDP on defense. And with the ex exception of the U.S., I, do, I believe none of the NATO countries were hitting those targets, except perhaps Greece and Turkey, so uh, who are smaller players uh, overall. Um, and, uh, um, and suddenly that's changed. But the order books have been growing because you can't just put money on the one end and, and spit a complex weapon system out the other. Uh, something like uh, a next generation fighter, the development time for that sort of weapons program is probably in excess of 10 years. And then the rollout of that program is an additional 15. So you're talking multi-year, multi-billion dollar 
um, uh, allocations. And, and uh, um, this next generation program, as an example, is expected to be the most expensive weapons program of all time. And given the requirements of, uh, call it the shifting of the geopolitical tension from uh, a East European theater to a Pacific theater, um, uh, that massive step change in, in technological requirements will re- require enormous um, investment. We're talking far longer distances than uh, than what um, armies have traditionally or armed forces have traditionally been been required to um, uh, uh, to project force. And uh, and on that basis, uh, we've seen significant investment. And I, and what's interesting about this industry is there's no winner takes all in any given system. Mm-hmm. Even though Lockheed Martin are the leaders in these aircraft, you will find that all of the companies I've mentioned and a litany of additional businesses are producing components. There is a tender process for each component and a market leader slash cheapest um, uh, cheapest producer for each and every underlying component. And these are some of the most complex machines that humanity can assemble. So uh, um, uh, so as you've pointed out, there's a lot of talent being recruited. And Tales, as an example, changed their name because mm-hmm. they had some difficulty uh, recruiting talent under the old Thompson name because mm-hmm. there were a few um, governance scandals in the 90s, including one locally. Um, and uh, just desperately trying to grow the book. Uh, sorry, grow, the book is enormous. Mm-hmm. Grow, grow the capacity, grow the expertise, grow the R and D, and grow the ability to um, uh, to tap some of those order books um, going forward. Also interesting here is uh, because of all the little components uh, that go into making anything from, uh, you know, uh, a fighter plane to uh, a gun is the issue of supply chain backlogs, which the industry has battled with here. I'm wondering about that, uh, you know, if that means that because of how bullish the sector is is on itself and how I guess the rest of us are in it, it would uh, force you know, supporting sectors to ramp up production, uh, you know, Quibus, and how realistic that is considering how we've seen the impact of supply chain challenges, uh, you know, post-COVID-19 or even around COVID-19 on various other sectors. Well, the way this has traditionally been handled in Germany and the U.S. comes down to SMEs. Mm -hmm. Uh, The whole, you know, both of those economies are ultimately built on small and medium-sized enterprises that that provide componentry into these more complex programs. Um, and ultimately, you know, I believe it's been well demonstrated that this is quite stimulative. Mm-hmm. So we can talk about, you know, what makes us uncomfortable about it all day long and whether or not, whether or not defense spend is ultimately a net good for humanity. But in terms of fiscal spend that trickles down and stimulates the wider economy and creates opportunity for small and medium sized businesses, these systems certainly apply more so than major construction programs. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, you've got multiple examples of that in those two, com- in those two countries specifically who have been demonstrated to be sort of the most efficient at running, running these sort of programs, particularly because they do fork it out to these underlying smaller businesses, which in, 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 uh, uh, in turn helps you manage that supply issue quite actively because you've got smaller players that are individually responsible for those underlying components within the completed system. So that outsourcing model is quite helpful in addressing in addressing the bottleneck and ultimately the market will react to provide the supply once the demand is there. But a lot of these issues come down to the so-called peace dividend. Post-1990 and the collapse of the Soviet Union, 
uh, governments simply stopped spending money on on defense. And some of these companies are 10% the outputs they were in 1988, 1989, simply because of ramping down, simply because we don't have the order books anymore. Mm-hmm. With the order books back, market will react. And over time, these guys will be recruiting talent from the technology sector. They will be building out capacity and they will roll out um, additional manufacturing. That's just the way the market works. I'm keen to get your thoughts on uh, then the ESG and anti-ESG conversation that is being had in other parts of the world with regards to the sector. We, we've seen anti-ESG ETFs coming up, looking at sugar and oil and gas here. Uh, you know, is this industry at all part of that conversation? Or is because the war, uh, you know the, the world has become more dangerous and uh, war uh, is looking like something that happens a little bit more often than what we anticipated in 2023, uh, you know, it's not part of that debate and it is on its own uh, as a necessary evil <laughs> yes look i don't mm. want to play the yes <laughs> cog in the system mm. or just following orders rationale here mm. but okay we've seen locally we have mismanaged the cigarette situation mm-hmm. and um ultimately that's led to the, the demise of the major um cigarette player formal cigarette player locally um and what happens is all of that money just falls out of the tax net without smoking reducing at all. Why? Because we've got parallel imports of illegal cigarettes. Um, now people are smoking unregulated unregulated product with with additional health risks, and those uh, uh, the money that money isn't flowing into the fiscus anymore from the syntax. Um, so you cannot unilaterally stop tobacco production and say. Oh, you know, I'm contributing. This is ESG. I'm contributing to 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 lessening the problem because there are other players that continue to play in the space. And defence is similar. We can't let unilaterally say, you know, okay, we no more guns, and the rest of the universe is going to follow. Uh, that will increase your risk if your uh, uh, geopolitical opponents don't take the same view. So, from that perspective, absolutely, it's an evil, but it's a necessary one. Mm-hmm. And uh, as market participants, we might as well participate in the process of funding those uh, those processes and uh, supporting, um, you know, uh, ensuring that the capital allocation to those businesses are as efficient as only the market can make it. I think that's a wonderful way uh, to put it, Akwaba. So let's rate these uh, from one to three. Of course, there's the OG like Lockheed Martin, but I think some interesting things happening with the other two here. How would you rank them from one to three for a retail investor at home? Mm, honestly, I prefer simple. Mm-hmm. I prefer the shorter dated order books. And with Lockheed, there's a lot of uncertainty being priced and a lot of upside being priced. So even though I like that business and I would have it, and honestly, this is once again just the sector. We're not familiar with these things in South Africa. So they all seem like unique opportunities, mm-hmm. but there are many more that I have not mentioned. This British aerospace, there is Saab. Something I wish I had picked because in addition to everything else we've discussed, uh, they've had benefited massively from Sweden's ascension into, into, into uh, NATO. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's general dynamics. Uh, Northrop Grumman, I believe we can get exposure to locally. So, um, I would hold them. I would hold a handful of them sort of as a, as part of my strategy, as part of our diversified basket. But if I had to rank these in order, um, right now, I would say Ryan Mattel. Tales and Lockheed Martin.
And then let's talk about uh, offshore diversification opportunities here as part of our educational segment. I think it's very important when we speak about the sector and the lack of uh, defence uh, companies on the JSE. Yes, yes. So uh, I, I thought let's tie this in, mm. you know. Um, uh, these are not avail available locally. There is no way to get exposure to defence. And it is a sector in of itself. And it's not the only one. Um, additionally, I would, I would add technology. Uh, you know, traditionally, perhaps it worked. Um, if you wanted to have an allocation to technology, there's no Apple, there's no Facebook, there's no Google listed locally. So what do you do? You buy an Aspers because at least there you get 10 cent exposure. Mm -hmm. But that is not a great diversified basket of tech. And as we've seen, you know, diversification is key. That strategy worked until it didn't. And over the last four years or so, you have lagged. Um, people that have been able to have some Silicon Valley stocks in their portfolios as well. So that in of itself did not solve that problem. Similar, similarly, energy. The only real player you had locally was Sassel. Sassel has its own dynamics. It's got a very carbon, a carbon uh, heavy process. It's essentially winding down a lot of its production. It's not a great name and it's, you know, it's, it's almost Traditionally, it would be that hedge. You would have that in your portfolio. When the share, when the oil price rallies 50%, you would get a massive kick from Sassel. Look at what the share price has done on the, uh, off the back of the latest rally in oil. Almost nothing. So um, there are key sectors, and I've mentioned them now, mm. defense, technolo uh, technology, and uh, energy, where the JSC is lacking. And I think one of the, one of the uh, uh, major Upsides to the movement movement from 25% up to 45% in direct 28 portfolios offshore is that we can add additional additional diversifiers. So it's not all about diversifying away from South Africa, diversifying away from the RAND. Everybody obsessed, obsesses about the RAND. Mm -hmm. It's also about looking for these uh, investment opportunities, which frankly, if we were to express the global economy as, as you know, one massive GDP and split those sectors out, you would find these are significant sectors. And if you were to build a proper benchmark, not just arbitrarily what's, what's listed locally, but what actually constitutes the world economy. Mm -hmm. Something like energy is an enormous portion and it's a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of the JSC. So on that basis, even if you hold a diversified local portfolio, you are not well diversified yeah. unless you have those stocks as well. So beyond just diversifying away from South African exposure per se, because again, a lot of South African stocks do have multinational exposure. Mm -hmm. These stocks allow you unique investment opportunities that are not available locally. And those, those sectors are certainly something that everybody should have in their portfolios. Welcome. It's always a pleasure catching up with you. And thank you so much for today. It was absolutely fantastic. And I know we'll catch up again soon. That was Kerbas Porchita from Southern Cross Capital.